radio and TV, entertainment, AM, FM, podcast show, with Yolanda Nolly. Radio and TV, entertainment, AM, FM, podcast show, with Yolanda Nolly. Hey, 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 this is Yolanda Nolly with Radio and TV, entertainment, AM, FM. And we're going to have Mr. Super Fox, comedian Super Fox, on the show. I can't wait. It's the moment that everybody has been waiting for. And we're going to be talking about his life, his career, where, how he was raised, what, what he's currently doing now, and also what's up and coming for Comedian Superfox. Hey. Hey, how you doing? Hello, Mr. Superfox. How you doing there, Miss Yolanda? <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> wonderful. Good to, good, you know, always good to have an amazing comedian such as yourself, a headliner like yourself, you know, to definitely... Have you on a show on Radio and TV Entertainment AM FM? Yes, I'm very, very pleased for you to have you on your show. Very thankful. God bless. Oh, it's just, you know, I, I know everyone is just uh, anticipating and, and, you know, want to know more about, you know, how, how you got started in, in, in comedy and, you know, what you're currently doing now. And Well, well Miss Yolanda, I started. 22 years ago <laughs> I started a while back in the 90s I started I um, used to do open mic at the improv and I did it and I enjoyed it. it it was a way for me you know comedy was a way for me to let out my pain because I had a lot of pain growing up and I could release that pain on stage and that was a way to break, you know, most people, they go to music, they go to certain things in their lives that, you know, they might be boxing. And mine was comedy. I just love to make people laugh. And people love to laugh. You know, that, that's it. They say that laughter is the best medicine. Gets you through the day, gets you through, you know, a long day at work. Well, how is it, what was it like starting out your first night coming on stage and popping at one of your shows at your events? I still remember the first night. The first night I ever did comedy, I was in front of an all-white audience. <laughs> it was an all-white audience. I never can believe it was in West Palm Beach, Florida. And when I got on stage, I was just looking at them, and they were looking at me, and I wasn't saying nothing. And I'm not going to curse on here, but when I finally, I said, I don't know about y'all, but I know I'm scared of a blankety-blank. <laughs> <laughs> And when I said that, they broke out laughing. It broke the ice. Wow. <laughs> and when it broke the ice, I just went into material and they were dying laughing. And the feeling that as comedians that we get when we, it's a feeling that you would never understand unless you was a comedian. When the crowd loves you, it's like you want that, that's medicine. That's the kind of medicine you want because you're making a room, a packed room, love you and feel good about themselves it's, it's a beautiful 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 medicine that you get when when you can make a whole crowd laugh and feel good about themselves yes I knew that was that was my calling that's what I had to do 
Wow. What is it like when you're working with other comedians and you're on stage? Can it be, is it competitive? Is it, do you find there may be a few egos? Or? I, feel, I feel there's a lot of competitive comedians on stage. But you know, I always try to tell them, like, it shouldn't be competitive. You should worry about yourselves. The main thing is making the people feel good. But this is a competitive business because always somebody want to be funnier than the next person. But if they realize that the people come there to laugh and that's what you should be focused on, then life will go a lot easier. But there's a lot of people that's competitive. It's, it's like that. In every sport, you know, somebody got to be better than somebody. And I ran into those type of people, but, you know, I ignore them. I don't care because I'm not there for them. I'm there for the people. I'm there to make the people happy. Because in the end, that's what's going to take you to another level. Not some competitive comedian that think he's better than somebody. A crowd of people who love you for who you are as a person and as a comedian. That's amazing advice, you know, coming from a man who has a long, successful career in, in comedy, which is a tough field to be in because, you know, you, you got to be funny. You got to know, you know, it, you have to have your timing. How do you, how do you find your community? Is it natural? Is it something that you're, you're born with? Or is it something that you can, you can practice and attain, you know, going in, into that line of business? Well, i tell you, I love it. I think that I never want to turn anybody down and say that they can't do it. But you know, if you can't do it by the response that you have in the room, regardless. You know if you can't do it. And you got some comedians out there that know this is not the profession for you, but they still do it. Because they want to get it. But most comedians, is natural. It's, I mean, it's natural to us. You know, especially, I'm a Leo, so I like the center of attention. So, I like to get the stage. I'm owning that stage. I'm a king on that stage. I love what I do. And no, there's nobody else that could tell me what I can't do it's just not gonna happen that's what I love to do it's just I love to make people laugh and when you do it comes to you it comes it comes to you naturally it's natural and presentation I'm thinking you know as a comedian presentation is everything and as I had the honor to go and and watch you your your videos I mean every video you have you have the room packed you have the interaction of everyone's attention, like a Leo, <laughs> and you are dressed down to the nine. How you're wow! <laughs> you command the room. You certainly do. Is it something that you were just you were just born with? This know you know what colors go with what? You're gonna you're gonna just pack it in and just. <laughs> well, I love wearing suits. I'm very a suit person. I love Stacey Adams, Giamonti. I just love suits, even down to the shoes. But I know I'm a dark-skinned brother, so I need light clothes. I need high-color clothes, like red, yellow, you know what I'm saying, turquoise, blue. Yeah. I need them, 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 them bright colors so you can see my little black bond. <laughs> I'm dark-skinned, so, you know, I need, you know, those colors are loud. So I'm the de demanding for you to look at me. You got to look at me. Down to the, the red, the, the red suits, the gold suits, the you know the line, whatever. Yes, <laughs> it's bright and it commands. I, I command. I'm, I'm gonna be clean now. I'm gonna be clean when I hit the stage. Mm -hmm. 
You know what I'm saying? I love it. You know what I'm saying? You know, during the years, you got people say you should change up. No, I'm doing me. You worry about you. I'm going to always come in with nice, beautiful suits. I just love it. I love wearing suits. I think, you know, a lot of people ask me, um, how do you pick that name Super Fox? And I tell them, you know, the fox is the cleanest animal in the wood. So I got to be clean. And Super is something strong coming to the stage. So... That's why I got the name Super Fox. Now, was it something that the, the that name that was it something that the audience just chose for you? You just heard it, they just yelled your name, or it was it something that you just thought of, you know, spontaneously just come to this? No, I knew I knew years ago I had to come out with a name besides my name. I had to come out with a catchy name, so I thought about it all night. You know, when I hit the stage, I had to pick a name that I I can. You know, that the crowd would like and that, well, you know, easy for them to remember. And that's why I picked that name, Super Fox. I just used that name, straight Super Fox, you know, ever since I got on the mic. And a lot of people love it. So, you know, that's my name. It's been every, for many years, been carrying it, and a lot of people like it. It fits you. <laughs> it fits you. I can be Super Fox. You know, I kind of ponder. You know, when we think about someone that, that had uh, built built their, you built your kind of a legacy over the past couple of years. You know, as you've been a host, you've had your own, you've had your own show. You know, chocolate star entertainment. Yeah. How did that come to be? Well, you know, I, I had built a name big in Palm Beach County. I'm, shout out to West Palm Beach, five six one, Florida. Shout out, that's my hometown. I had built a name in West Palm Beach, Florida, so I ran into a nice brother named Gary Davis. He's a movie director. He always he shot movies and videos and certain things he did in his career. And we got together one day, and he, he wanted to do a TV show. And he asked me what I hosted. I said, no, no problem. I hosted, no problem. So he shot, you know, he shot the commercials through the TV show. We, uh, we filmed for like models, small business, rappers, you know, and it played on the CW, the, the local station once a week. It ran for two years. It was a good show. It was a good pilot. It was, it was nice. It was, it was new to me. I never did it before. And if you watch it, you'll see how much fun I had. Now, of course, you know, with this, you know, with some shows, there's, you know, they, they call for maybe writers to write something funny for, you know, for those who are hosting. And but I but as I heard it, it seemed like, you know, you had a natural ability to carry, you know, the, the job as a host. You know, it's, it felt unscripted. Was it unscripted? Yeah, it was it was not scripted. It was unscripted. The, Gary Davis, I even asked him, do you, you have a script for me? He's like, no, I want you to be natural. I want you to be you. Super Fox. Just, I want you to be Super Fox. So I said, you sure? He said, yeah. So it was all natural. It was all off the head. And I interviewed him. And I just had to ask some questions about their career and what they're taking in and, you know, how long they've been a model. Or I define up stuff about the business. If it's about hair, I talk about hair, where you get it from. Everything that normal questions that people would ask. Because they were... They were looking for people like consumers to come and buy. You know what I'm saying? Oh. They needed people. 
they needed people to come, so we had to make it real nice. They they paid for the commercials, plus he shot video. So all those was paid, and, and the money that he used, he paid the TV station for airing it once a week. So we had to do the show where they were happy and he was happy. So he, you know, he trusted me to be myself, which well, I wasn't myself on stage. So you know, and it turned out good. It turned out real good. It was a very good TV show that we did called Chocolate Star Entertainment. You can see that on YouTube. You still got pilots from that clips and stuff that we put on YouTube. But it was nice. I liked it. It was very well. I thought it was very well, you know, directed and produced. And at each part, you introduce models. And so everyone had a, a chance to have the spotlight on, on Chocolate Star Entertainment. Yeah, yeah, even from rappers to comedians to, yeah, it was all different walks of life that was on the show, but it was fun. It was fun. What led you to, to this direction in life? I also like to, you know, kind of, kind of ask uh, as a person develops their career, you know, what, what was the, the, the drive behind it? Was it, was it family and what was your life growing up? What was your life like growing up? Well, I never knew my real mom. My real mom passed away from a very bad disease. Um, I never knew who she was. I was adopted by a very abusive parent. Very abusive. I wouldn't want any child to go through what I went through growing up. But it helped me define who I was today. Because I, I promised that I would never, ever, if I ever have a child, I would never, ever put her through what I went through. And comedy was a way for me to release my pain and the stress that I was going through being abused by a parent that didn't even want me. You know, some people don't know what lie, what people go through in life, but you never know what their pains or what they were hiding. And that's why it pushed me to do it comedy because that took me to a spot where I didn't have to worry about all being abused as a child physically and mentally. It's a lot to be said that many people that may have grown up in that situation would have took a, would have let that happen. It would have let it develop into a negative direction. But I guess there was, you know, it's, it's always people that are, that have that special ability to redirect their lives from maybe a, an experience, a negative experience to make it more of a positive direction, especially when they have something new and positive to direct it to. But I understand that you're a Leo too. So, <laughs> so Leos, you know, are a, a special kind of bunch. They, they know how to kind of focus on and turn around and make it a goal and make goals, whether it be negative or positive, but you're a special kind of Leo. <laughs> As I've come to kind of, you know, find out, do my research a little bit. And then, so... Was there any, any special introductions in your life as you developed that direction? Were there any, did you have any mentors that directed you into the passion of, uh, of comedy? Well, I had a lot of people that I used to watch when I was young. I used to, I was, I was always like a, a Richard Pryor fan. I like Richard Pryor. I like him in Toy. I like the movies he did. I, I also liked it, um, uh, Robert Williams. I thought he was a phenomenal comedian as well. Even his movies was like Miss Doubtfire and 
genie. I, I, I knew the movie Aladdin wouldn't be good without the genie. I mean, this was a phenomenal comedian. I, I just loved him. And you know, I, I, the late Bernie Mike. I looked up to Bernie Mike as well. These were comedians that inspired me to be who I am today, to be the person that I wanted to be. You know what I'm saying? Just to see how they can demand a crowd and keep it going. It's just a wonderful thing. I mean, there's not a lot of people in the world that could do that. It's not a lot of work. It's just a few percentage of people that can do it. But it's also a gift. You know what I'm saying? We always got it. We always got to Thank God. I always thank God that I'm alive. And I thank God that he gave me a gift. You know what I'm saying? Because without him, where would we be? But there was no one else beside those that got me. In my life, no. I really didn't have, like, personal mentor. Because I was just in a toxic family. It was very toxic. I always encourage people that they're if, if for that they can still have a standard to, to kind of change their change their direction of of who's bringing them up and uh, the, you know the the surroundings. If you have a surrounding that's negative, it's always it's it's always a good possibility that you can leave the situation and be around and have positive people in your life uh, or find them find positive people in your life. Was that the was that the case growing up? But that you were able to find. You know, other people that you can kind of have a like a personal mentors in your life that that were positive. There, during that time, I think I, there was nobody that was there for me because you know, even though she went to the kingdom all the Jehovah Witness, you know, they wouldn't listen to me. They always listened to her. They thought I was a problem child. I don't think when I think when I became. I think more happy is when I left her when I left that house and got my own place I felt I was free then you know what I'm saying I was real free then and when my daughter came in my life that was that changed who I was that changed the person because the love that I you know the love that I gave my daughter and the love that she gave me it just changed my whole life your daughters, you know, I've seen uh, some fo- couple of photos of you, you and your daughter, and she's all. I have never seen not one photo of her. Every photo has her beautiful smile, and she's when she's with you. And I saw an endearing photo of her just giving you a big kiss on the cheek, and I and I sw- and I, I tell you, you look like you were blushing. <laughs> yeah, that's my baby. That's my baby. I, you know, being a single daddy and raising her was just a powerful thing you know I always say you know I would do it again in a heartbeat but a lot of people don't give fathers they respect they don't give the respect I mean I raised her myself raised her myself I slowed down on my career to raise her and I would have did it again in a heartbeat it was the most beautiful thing and she appreciated everything that I did for her because we both came from two different backgrounds, abusive parents, and we both went through stuff. And as a child, I didn't want my daughter to go through what I went through. I made sure that I would give her the best life. Because as a parent, you want your child to be better than you and to have better than you. And I made sure that. 
and I moved. I, when I got my daughter, I moved out of that toxic area from Florida and moved up north. Yes, you know, moved, we got in the car and drove twenty four hours. Twenty four hours. Twenty four hours, and no family. We had no family up north. No family. It was just me and my daughter. Nobody else. God gets the glory every time that a parent is so it has such an amount of drive that they want the best for their their child that they are willing to make sure that the, in, in an area where it's is nothing but peace and, and nothing but a, a good area to raise families and which is tough these days you know you don't it's something isn't you know the fine families that want to stick together where they're you know they're they're whether the child has both parents in their lives but for a parent a single a single parent at that to want to just to, to drive out to a city that they research to raise their their child that's a driven parent and it wasn't even it was a town and the town that we moved to was an all white town <laughs> oh. and it was a lot of races in that town wow <laughs> but the school the school was a good school, but you still had ignorant racist people, so I had to go through a lot. Like fighting her, fighting her teachers to the fullest. I protect her to the fullest. They knew I didn't play about my child. I don't play about my child. I do not play. I'm one parent that would get in your face when it comes to my child. And I don't care who it is. You know what I'm saying? You do not, you you are the number one you know the number one parent in her life and and you're like and for, for what I can say and I want to say this is that when it comes to young young ladies too it's wonderful even though we have a, a wonderful heavenly father that we that we have in heaven but when when daughters look at their fathers you know it's it's just the first male figure they have in their life and when they look upon you and they can tell you that. No one else, no one else, no other, you know, uh, no other person can come between their, them and their other parent. It says something. That's a, that's a yeah. real big bond that you, that, that's grown between you and, and your child. Yes, Neil. Yeah. Oh, yes. It's, it's, it's a strong bond. It's a strong bond. I taught her about life itself. I let her know all the real. There wasn't no fake here. I let her see everything. The fakeness in people, the realness in people. I let her know about life and how she should live her life and, and to protect herself. Because you live in a world where people are not good people. There's a lot of good people, but there's a lot of bad people as well. And I had to teach her, you know what I'm saying? Let her know, you know, and, and, and I stood beside her, made sure she was in school doing everything. I drove a bike. I ain't never let her walk. I I took her to her doctor's. I, when she's sick, I'm at the hospital. When she on that monthly thing, I'm, at, I'm doing things care of that. It's, I was there. I cooked for her. I made sure she had good meals. I bought her clothes. Made sure she had good clothes to go to school. I was there for her as a parent. And I think a lot of the abuse that I had, I didn't want that for my child. I wanted her to have a good life. And, you know, what can I say? She graduated in 2017, and now she's in the National Guard. That's just a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
when you, you when you look at it, you know, I look back at it and I think, you know, certain fathers that do a lot for their kids, they don't get the respect that they should get. People mm-hmm. need to stop stereotyping people and know who the person is. It's never if it's a woman, there's good women, there's bad women, there's good men and there's bad men. If you had any common sense, you'll understand, you'll look at the person and not the sex. You understand? That's true. There's good white people, there's bad white people. There's good black people, there's bad black people. It's always the person you need to look at. Not the color, not the sex, not the origin. It doesn't matter. It's the person himself. And me, I would do it all over again. I had no problem raising my child. There's no doubt that you have the best interest in your daughter's life. I mean, especially which is the, the tough years when they get into the teenage years. But it doesn't seem like you you had a any tough. Did you ever have any tough time? Well, every parent gonna have a tough time with their kid. My daughter's a Tory. She's stubborn. <laughs> but what helped me with her is because she, I was able to bring her to the shows when I performed. So she learned the business as comedy. I had her mind focused on when I was doing shows. You know, she seen the, the well, she saw how the people like me. She was there with me, so she experienced the good part of entertainment so and then I used to give her jobs to do like she'll videotape me or she'll take pictures or she'll collect money and she was only 13 you know what I'm saying and the people loved her the people they loved her they knew she was my daughter and they loved her they they accepted her as family so she she saw what her dad was doing and that made her want to do even better in life and not only that, but she saw that you that you were able to manage your own career in comedy and manage other comedians, which as some some me not knowing in, as listeners that that's a tough field to get into. That's a, even if you, you could be a funny comedian, but to manage your own comedic careers, it can be tough. And yeah, you're, you're right about that, sir. You're right about that. And the reason why it was like that, and I'm going to be truthful, and a lot of comedians, they also can agree. We live, we're in a business where there are a lot of racism. There are a lot of people in places, they don't put certain comedians where they need to be. Say, for instance, the improv. A lot of comedians, though, the improv only put certain people they want on. And other comedians, they won't. I knew this years ago when I felt how the improv was. It wasn't fair, and I wasn't taking it. I'm a Leo. I don't take that. So what I did was I was like, bump that. I learned the business myself. And what I did was got me a graphic designer that was good at doing graphics. And I printed, got a printing company that was a good printing company. And I would have glossy flyers. About 5,000 of them, and sometimes I do 10,000 flyers, postcard flyers like, and I will do posters, and I will flood streets with them, flood streets, and I will get a comedian, I will go to an open mic and find a comedian that's funny, that's real funny, and I would book them on my show and pay them $50, and put them free advertisement on the flyer as an opener. And 
as long as he brings his people. So if he'll bring his people to see him, I have my own PA system. You know what I'm saying? I didn't need no DJ because I can use a playlist. All I needed, my daughter sometimes, she would, oh, I tell her just punch this, punch this, and stop this, and stop that. And that's why I told you, my daughter was a helper. She helped me. You know, I took her with me on my shows to help me. And she was phenomenal. She was a good worker. And paid her. <laughs> and paid her. And then, like, I paid a comedian, I'll pay her for her work. Even though she said she'll do it for free. But no, I pay her because I wanted her to know, no, you, you work, you get paid for it. And that's how I built relationships years ago, and I kept doing it for years. And then the improv didn't like it because they start seeing that now I'm bringing food into my house. But I didn't care because you didn't have respect for us. I'm not going to have respect for you. Sometimes you have to do stuff yourself. And always, you know, people always like to put their hand out. But why not you not give why won't you be the one working you don't have to be you know if, if a lot of comedians stuck together a lot of these big ass I mean big stuff <laughs> a lot of this big, all these big corporations like the improv the last factory the New York comedy club they wouldn't be nowhere without comedians that's true they, they need comedians but a lot of comedians feel that they need to be on that stage because that's just a big stage when they can create the stage themselves because all you're doing is making people feel good about themselves. When a person feels good and they come to your show and they like it, all they do is talk about it to their friends and their friends and it, and it spreads like a virus. You really understand the industry as I hear you, you speak about it and you know, for, for a man that knew how to market and how to, you know, and how the industry works, especially with comedy clubs. And you're, I believe you're right. You know, when, com when comedians come in there, they're the, really, they are the main attraction. You know, let's be honest. They, they are the main attraction. People come to see them after a long day, you know, at work. And it may have been stressful, but we know that comedy is the best medicine. Laughter is the yeah. best medicine. And, yeah. <laughs> and when they come in, you know, good. They they have food and drink there, but they're really there to laugh. They're really there to you know the <laughs> the laugh off a day and yeah. Yeah, to relieve stress. And I, I'm gonna tell you straight up that to the market, I had it down to the pack where I would shoot commercials. I had Gary Davis that would shoot a commercial with me, and I talk about the show, and I'll pay him to to do to shoot these commercials during certain time spots in the location that's in a 50 mile radius from the club. So I will these, have these commercials on like hot topics, uh, uh, hot shows that would come on TV that everybody watch. Like if they wanted to watch the, let's say for analogy, if I say they wanted to watch Empire and that and Empire was hot. What I would do is shoot the commercials all that day the Empire was on. Cause I know everybody watching the Empire. So they'll see the commercials. And the commercials will show them the restaurant where we at. And they will see the flyers out. So they'll see the commercial, and they'll see the flyers, and now they want to come to the show. And I will put sheets down on the table to say, how did you hear about us? And they would say it. And I would say, was it through commercials? Was it through picking up a flyer? So I know 
where majority of the people hear it from word of mouth and I had built the database I see that's really smart that, that's really brilliant that's a brilliant business minded driven way to to really impact the, you know the, the world of comedy and you know for some comedians that are coming up you know that are coming in into the industry you know whether they're new existing good bad you know they you know they're get to understand that side and you just have to have a strategy, is that right? You know, just the, the, the yeah, you gotta have a strategy. You gotta, you have to have a strategy, and you have to be driven to want to do it. You know what I'm saying? You gotta be driven. You can't depend. You can't always depend on other people to carry you. That's not gonna happen. You have to carry yourself. You have to carry yourself, and you, you demand that respect. It's earned, but sometimes you demand it. You're going to respect me. I'll make sure of that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. You know, absolutely. You know, you, you have to you have to be able to, to be the manager, to be the driven management of your own path. And especially in the industry of entertainment. You can't just think that you can't just think of that, you know, I want to be discovered, I'm on stage, I'm funny. One day somebody's gonna walk in, a promoter's you know, an agent's gonna walk in and they're gonna find me to sign me. Whereas there's there's some out there that know that you have to be driven enough to be able to to, to be your own powerhouse. That's right. To go get it. Mm-hmm. To go get it. I'm hungry. I'm coming to get it. I'm hungry, and nobody ain't gonna stop me because I always had my motto. This is my quote. I'm like a hurricane. You can prepare for one, but you can't stop one. That's, that's so lot to be said you, in that motto. <laughs> yeah, yeah you, you you can't stop one. I, I don't care. When it comes to what I want, I'm going to get it. <laughs> I'm going to get it. And I hear it a lot, you know, for those who are, there's some people that may mumble and go, well, you know, how come they're successful? How come they're doing so well? You know, but for especially people of color, you know, they see somebody, they see people of color out there and really handling their business per se, really going out there and being driven. So they go, oh yeah, that's a go-getter. I feel like, you know, no, no, that's a person that has, is driving their success. They're creating their success. That's right. They're not afraid to go and say, you know what? I'm going to take, I'm going to pull up my, my shoe straps and I'm going to create a, I'm going to create, I'm going to be noticed. I'm going to make sure I, I create such a, such a announcement out there. I'm going to be noticed and I'm going to go make sure I have my strategies right. I'm going to have my strategies. I'm putting my strategies out there. You're acting on your success instead of waiting for it. That's right. And, and you know, I'm going to tell you, I'm not an arrogant person. That is not me. I love all people. I, I really respect people. I just don't respect the ones that are ignorant. But I respect people. And I'm always been the type of person that I love doing this. This is not for me to be looked at as some kind of God or anything. That is not me. That's never been me. I love doing it. <laughs> I love being the center of attention. It's just in my blood. <laughs> and if you do a horoscope, you know Leo's, we are like that. I come in the room, I demand the attention. <laughs> and those Leo's That's- get it. They get it. <laughs> People love it. I had the uh, another honor to watch a video of you doing you do karaoke, and I saw you doing karaoke, and you you did some song I think it was a Sir Makes a Lot. Yeah. If, if they didn't know the song, they walked out that club knowing every word to that song. Oh, I like karaoke. That's just karaoke. 
karaoke to me is fun. It's just fun. I I do it for fun. I, I, it's something like where, where you go out and you want to just have fun. You lose, you get a couple of drinks in you, and then you get on the stage. It, it's fun. I just love doing it. It's something that I love to do, and it's another way too to make people feel good about themselves. You know, we we now live in a time where it's just chaos. It's just oh, yeah. so much bad stuff. That more now than ever, people need to feel good. So they need to feel good. They need they need avenue uh, way to escape all the problems that they see that's going on in the world. You know what I'm saying? And now you can say now in the time we're in, we just need it. We need somewhere to go to feel good. We just need it. You know, they, it's it's a saying that they go. You know, laughter is the best medicine. Comedy is the best way to. <sighs> you know, to kind of, to escape. It's their escape. Laughter is an escape to definitely leave the, leave the drama from a stressful day and be able to let down your hair and just be able to laugh or something. Be able to laugh at the day you had. Definitely be able to say, you know what? I had a, maybe I had a, I had a, my day sucked today, but when I go and I look, I put on Super Fox. <laughs> <laughs> Some boss is gonna give, he's gonna give me that shot in the arm, the shot of laughter in the arm that I can just say, you know what? I may have had a sucky day, but I'm laughing. I'm laughing right. I'm laughing right now, and I, you know, I feel like you know what? Psh, the heck with it. <laughs> this you know, and I always, I can always say this, Miss you, Miss Yolanda, Yolanda, Miss Yolanda. I can always say this that there are a lot of funny comedians that I run into. There are a lot of funny comedians. And I never hate. I always tell comedians that, you know, you're very funny. And I just think that we as a, a people need to learn to work with each other and not against each other. Because we're doing this for people. There's no competition between us. You're doing what any other comedian is doing is trying to make people feel good about themselves. You know what I'm saying? I can also say to, not to get off that subject, but, you know, my daughter saved me too. My daughter, I thank God that he gave me the chance to raise her. I just thank God very much that I was able to change my daughter's life and just to see her grow as a beautiful young lady. She's 20 now in the National Guard. She's going to college to be a nurse. She really want to be a nurse practitioner and she want to do business. So. It's a beautiful thing when you see this, when you're comedy, that's my biggest gift. Besides comedy, that's my biggest, biggest gift ever is to change a human's life. It's just wonderful. It's, it's, I'm, I'm just so proud. So proud. I'm proud of her. Okay, I'm so proud. And I always say that in life, we have one life and then we pass. What kind of mark are we trying to set? before we leave this earth. Amen. Yeah. You know, we have to sit and think about that. You know, we do. We have to, you know, kind of sit and, and take and, and take a moment to think about, you know, what kind of legacy would we want to leave behind? You know, we want to leave something positive behind. I, I would think so. You know, some type of positive legacy. And, if our, and we definitely want, if we have, you know, for those, you know, who have children in their, in their lives, you know, they are the best gift that we could ever have. You know, sometimes we even live for our children. 
you know, and they, and they want to live for us, you know, if, you know, given that they have a good bond with the, you know, with their parents, which such as you have with your daughter. And so you were there every, every step of the way with her and you saved her because her life could have been different. Yeah. And she said all the time, she tell people, she said, my, my dad saved my life. And I always tell her, we saved each other lives. I tell her all the time, dad, that's my job. My job is to make sure you have a good life. So you never have to thank me for doing something I was supposed to do. The only thing I want from you is to become successful. That's how you can pay me back. <laughs> and, you know, she wrote a letter and she wrote, you know, I wrote the letter she was in the National Guard. She wrote the first letter and I read it to you. So you know, Miss Yolanda, you know how she's feeling about her father. And you miss her a hundred percent, just as much. Oh yeah, I miss her. I, you know, this is the <laughs> this month has been H. <laughs> <laughs> not not seeing my baby is is H. I can see how parents feel when their kid's not around. I miss playing with her. I miss seeing her. I can't wait. She graduate from the National Guard. April 18th, I'm flying down April 16th, we have family day April 17th, and I get to watch her graduate from the National Guard April 17th, I mean April 18th, and then she fly to Virginia for the college, and then from there, she'll be there a couple of months, then she come back home, and we're both moving to Henderson, Nevada, Las Vegas, Las Vegas, we're leaving Pennsylvania, I did my job and raised her here. Now it's time to get out this cold. <laughs> I'm leaving and I'm going. The future is the limit. She's going to go to college out there in Las Vegas, out of Henderson. Like I say, she want to go for nursing. She, her main goal is to be a nurse practitioner. And business and me, I'm finna hit the stage like a hurricane. <laughs> And with your new theme, and, and you should have a theme song. I, I'm just trying to think of a theme song for you. It's Super Fox. <laughs> Get the song. <laughs> stand up. Stand up. No, no. Yeah. Give <laughs> it out there for everyone. <laughs> yeah, that's, song, a good, right? that's a good theme song. That's a good theme song. You know, I'm going to bring it down, pop it a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Warm up the crowd. <laughs> you know, so this is currently what was was in the in the works now. Uh, yes. You know, coming leading for committee you as the comedian Super Fox. So, you know, this is what they're going to be expecting. Your you know your fans, the ones that your diehard fans that that follow you, and these and you have diehard fans. That's no joke. <laughs> they love you. You know, I, I think I was inboxed, and they were like, "When is he coming on?" I need the link. And they, they were very polite, too. You have polite fans. <laughs> <laughs> I pre- you know what? I, I respect all my fans. I respect them. I love them. I appreciate them for supporting me. But I also respect my haters. Because <laughs> when you hate on me, you just keep me pushing more. <laughs> so I like you haters, too. Don't think I left y'all haters out. <laughs> What we're saying, what we're saying is this, shout out to the haters. Yeah, shout out to you haters. Out. Y'all push me. I love my fans, but I'm going to shout out to you haters. 
<laughs> you haters can keep us moving. That's right. You keep us going. You, you're a part of the process of being must of all the ones who are being much more successful in the in, in their careers. So yeah. shout out to the haters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what? If I knew what you said, if I knew what you said, I would send you a box of cookies. We should have a theme, you know, a slogan. You know, our haters are our, you know, our sick are the meaning to our successors. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Haters are right. motivators. <laughs> definitely, definitely. If you don't know who I am and you really want to get to know me, you can also you can look me up on YouTube, comedian Super Fox. You know what I'm saying? I'm on Facebook, Comedian Super Fox. You just got to remember Comedian Super Fox. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm on <laughs> Twitter. <laughs> I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on a lot of social media networks. But just remember Comedian Super Fox. That's the regular comedian is C-O-M-E-D-I-A-N and Super Fox. One word, S-U-P-E-R-F-O-X. Yes, definitely. You can look me up. You can see my work. And you can see how I love making the people laugh. And I love dancing. I know you noticed that. Oh, yeah. He's good on his feet. Uh, <laughs> that's what I'm hearing. <laughs> see so far. Good on his fast on his feet. Move. This <laughs> show, a lot of people don't know. Yes, I'm a BK. I'm an amputee. I lost my leg in a train accident. In 2002, I lost my leg. But that didn't stop me from still moving because I make that white leg work. <laughs> I think you spoke about your, your, your leg out of the Laugh Factory. Yeah, but, yeah, I spoke about it at the Laugh Factory. I think you said you had a one of had one. I, I definitely can tell. I can tell. I can tell you right quick if you want to hear it. Okay. Yeah, I was saying that. You know, I lost my leg in a train accident, but that wasn't the worst part. The worst part is my prosthetic doctor ordered me a prosthesis. But this prosthesis ain't no normal prosthesis. This prosthesis come with a white foot. And I ain't been right ever since. Now I wake up with two personalities. A white personality and a black personality. I said, because of this white leg, I can't steal no more. I find myself setting up charity events in the ghetto. But the worst part is when I'm in the ghetto. I be riding with my homies. And we come to this stop sign, and the drug dealer come to the car, my white foot just step on the gas. Okay. <laughs> now I'm doing 90 miles per hour. My homeboys in the bike say, dog, you gonna kill us, dog. I say, dude, it's not me, dude. <laughs> it's the white foot, dude. It's like totally radical. <laughs> so you know me, I'm smoking weed, getting high, I don't know what. So I take my leg off and throw it in the back seat. Now, you know when I brother got one leg, he's switching from left to right, front to back. All of a sudden, the cops kept behind us. I said, oh, crap, give me back my white leg. They said, oh, no, I ain't giving you back that white leg. I want that cop to think we killed the white person up there. <laughs> I said, no, nah, when he pulled us over, I'm just going to say I'm Michael Jackson, nephew. <laughs> so I jumped out the car. You know I'm running. You know I'm running. But you know, black people can run, but that white leg cap dragging. I'm like, so come on, brother, come on. <laughs> so we get to this six foot fence. And you know, I got problems because both of my legs talk to me. So when we got to this six foot fence, my white leg looked at me and said, dude, you know I can't jump up there. 
You ever heard a white man can't jump? <laughs> and then my black leg, the black leg said, I told you behind about getting that white leg. Now we finna get caught. Oh, I looked at my black leg and said, you know what? Because of that white leg, I got established credit. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, huh? It's those two personalities. <laughs> <laughs> it's two personalities. So who's running off two personalities? You know how that is. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, dude. <laughs> it's not kosher. <laughs> you know? It's definitely, it's definitely funny when people see the realness. So when they know I'm an amputee, you know, but they can't tell until I pull it off. Yeah. But but it's a blessing that I, I did survive it, you know, the train accident. That is a blessing. You know, it, it means that you were, you, you de- God needed you around a, a little bit longer. You know, you have you still have yet more more things to do, more, more service to commit to. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, going down to our, you know, our last little bit of five minutes, you know, I know all of your, you know, everyone every one of our listeners that have had a chance to kind of get to know you a little bit, you know, where could they find a lot of your comedy and your work? Well, they can find my work, like I said, on YouTube. It's Comedian Super Fox on YouTube. They can also go to my website, ComediansuperFox.com. I'm on Twitter, again, Facebook, social medias, Instagram. Definitely check out Check me out. I'm willing to, you know, if you could come to Facebook, if you have any questions, you can inbox me. Like I'm through with this area for our shows. My show's going to be now out west. You know, I, I had the privilege of doing a lot of shows through New York, Jersey, Philly, North New Jersey, Somerset, New Jersey. Uh, I was in Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan. I did a lot of shows in the Northeast from Scranton, to, you know, Holmesdale been the first show in Holmesdale, I did the Wayne County Fair. I changed a lot in the area in the last eight to nine years. So, now that I'm going to be doing shows out west, the only thing I'm waiting on is for my daughter to get back from the National Guard so we can move and start a new chapter of our lives. And we got a special announcement. We got a special announcement because we're finna wrap up. Before we wrap up, I have to give them this announcement. Uh, okay. Not only this, but you know, currently what he's doing now and where you can find his work, but uh, you know, Mr. Superfox, comedian Superfox, will be co-hosting every Friday on radio and TV, Entertainment AM FM, with you know who, Yolanda Nolly. That's right. That's with my girl. <laughs> so y'all come in and listen to us. We gonna have comedians come in from all walk of life and we gonna have fun and we want y'all to tell all y'all friends I don't care who it is we midgets we want midgets too (laughs) we want them all (laughs) everybody's welcome (laughs) you know I can't say that word midget I gotta say little people yeah, we, we have I to said, uh, yeah, because I said midget one time and I almost got jumped by four of them. So I said, no, I'm sorry. I said, I meant little people. <laughs> you said, you best to come politically correct now. Yes. <laughs> <Just a little laughs> bit, bit you know. Yeah, we're going to have a good time. So, it, you know, 
want y'all to tune in because it's gonna be real good. And it's and I have a, I like to thank you, Yolanda, for allowing me to um tell them about my life story and you know the special person in my life, my child, and you know what what's gonna happen in the future. I'm looking forward to working with you on this show, and I hope the people stay in contact because we're gonna have fun. It's on. (laughs) 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 This has been Comedian Super Fox, Radio and TV Entertainment, AMFM. Be looking out for more next Friday. Radio and TV Entertainment, AMFM Podcast Show. With Yolanda Nolly. Are you a talent trying to make it in the world of entertainment? The way to do that is through social media. But how? With the ebook, How to Profit in Entertainment, Social Media Guide, from author Yolanda Nolly. This incredible book will teach you how to brand yourself and how to earn profits using social media and other entertainment media platforms. The entertainment agencies will be offering you high-paying jobs. How to Profit in Entertainment, Social Media Guide. Order your copy today on Amazon and everywhere else. Are you a talent trying to make it in the world of entertainment? The way to do that is through social media. But how? With the ebook, How to Profit in Entertainment, Social Media Guide, from author Yolanda Nolly. This incredible book will teach you how to brand yourself and how to earn profits using social media and other entertainment media platforms. The entertainment agencies will be offering you high-paying jobs. How to Profit in Entertainment, Social Media Guide. Order your copy today on Amazon and everywhere else. chosen to lead this world in the human race and people born to follow and taught God's great grace and then there are givers who understand the needs of a fellow man when love rules their hearts and courage takes a stand humanity linked together hand in hand we are love Depending on God above, we are grace. Understanding the human race, we are faith. Holding on to a brighter day, we are hope. Looking for a better way, we are charity. Looking out for a fellow man. Take a courage to the fight. Take what's wrong to make it right. Walk through the darkness to the light. Following the sun to regain our sight. We are love, depending on God above. Understanding the human race, we are 
holding on to a brighter day. Takes a village to raise a family. That means it's up to all humanity. Psychosis. <sighs> Morning, Marge. 
Oh, it's you. Finally decided to show up for work, huh? Before you give me some half-baked pitiful excuse like the dog ate my gas pedal, alien stole my underwear on my personal favorite, you had a gray matter leak in your brain and were waiting for the plumber. Give me one good reason, just one, why I shouldn't give you your walking papers right now. You know, technically, Marge is correct, Quack. These fabrications cloak a dormant inbred desire to shrug responsibility and return to infancy with a poopy diaper. With a what? I'm waiting. One good reason, March. I'll give you three. How about this is my office, you're my secretary, and you work for me? Oh, ah, uh, well then good morning, Dr. Quack. <sighs> I'll be in my office. Why do I even put up with her? She harasses the patients, lets the phone ring off the hook, and couldn't type a decent letter at gunpoint. As you colligate these facts, I must admit that was a little drastic. The gun wasn't loaded anyway. Wait a minute. Why am I even talking to you, Zig? You don't exist. You're just a figment in my mind. Fine. I'm here with you day and night to help you with your psychosis. And you treat me like some bad sushi left for months in the bottom of a desk drawer. I wondered what that smell was. Thanks. Regardless, I'm the psychiatrist here. Me, Dr. Quack. Doctor, understand? What do you think the DR in front of my name means? Delusional regression, if I took a clinical stab at it. Very funny, Zig. That's your opinion. Excuse me. Mr. Delusional Regression, your next patient is here. Tell him I need a few minutes. I'm smelling the pungent aroma of a soiled diaper again, Quack. Look, I treat imaginary characters, and I can't even get rid of you. Maybe I should just end it all. That's irrational. And I refuse to be the one to add to your own destruction by telling you the gun is under your latest issue of Mallard Girl magazine in your top drawer. Oh, thanks, maybe. Maybe I'm just tired and hungry. I'm kind of short on money, and... I would allocate the funds, but I left them in my other attire. Ah, gotcha! You don't even have the money, because you don't exist! Now, who's the best psychologist? Both of us. Why? I purposely failed to tell you where the bullets were. So, Quack, how long have you had this fixation with self-destruction? When I could easily sell tickets or send you spam emails. <sighs> another day, another psychosis. Chapter 1. How to rise to the top when everybody there is already... Think you've got talent? You're not alone. The power of the internet, YouTube, and reality television has created a big pool of famous and not-so-famous people. So how do you rise to the top in your career, especially as an actor or actress in Hollywood, when it seems so crowded above? These three tips will help you make the moves to superstardom and stretch your 15 minutes of fame as a movie star into an hour. Get trained. What separates the actors from the imitators? Their respect for the craft of acting. 
Before you spend money on headshots, find the best acting, singing, and dancing classes in your area, and invest in your career. The most talented people in the business continually train with acting coaches to prepare for roles. They don't take their gift for granted. It is quite possible to have the innate talent for a particular art, but the successful entertainers who continue to work in the entertainment industry have developed their art over time. Acquire multiple skills. Become a Jack or Jill of all trades. The stars of the future will write, produce, and direct their own projects. Don't get lost by having only one skill that can make you money. Become an actor, director, writer, producer, and even a model. Can't write? Collaborate with a young filmmaker who needs an actor or fresh new face for his or her projects. The top money makers in show business look for ways to increase their market share and find opportunities to promote their multiple skills. You must diversify your talent to stay relevant. Create your own products. Be a trendsetter. Want to be the next Barry Gordy, Steven Spielberg, Mark Burnett, or Oprah Winfrey? Create an amazing product. Become an expert in your field. But you can't be a trend follower. You must be a trend setter. Don't better the worst product. Better the best. Gordy is a musical genius. Spielberg is a film mastermind. Mark Burnett is the whiz kid of reality TV. Oprah is a successful talk show maven and the new product's best girlfriend. Find a niche, create products, and sell. But the products you create must be phenomenal, not average, not mediocre. Think like the greats. Improve upon their successes. Create amazing products that your audience can't live without. Famous people of the future are increasing their knowledge, creating products, and diversifying their talents. Some of these innovators are stealing the thunder from established stars that are still following the old rules found in the star-making playbook. Use my suggestions to stay ahead of the next group of reality stars and home video masterminds. If not, you might disappear before you even enter the game. Chapter 2. Finding Ways to Make Money Using Your Artistic Whether you have great musical talent, the ability to paint, or have outstanding writing prowess, you may be able to find ways to make money by using your talent. You certainly should use these skills to your advantage and not let them become wasted on just a recreational hobby. Musicians have so many different venues to go out and sell their talent, while a real, serious artist might still be able to sell their work if they can get their work exposed to the public eye. Writers often have a tough time trying to get their work published, but have outlets like short story and freelance opportunities as well to make a buck. While the most common stumbling block for an artist to find ways to make money is often their hardline stance on not wanting to be a sellout and wanting to keep their trade pure, this will often keep the artist very poor until they are dead. The smart ones will get out in the marketplace and try and get their art sold to as many people as they can. Quite a lot of musicians will work as cover bands or do things like weddings and school proms to make a buck, and writers will sell their work writing things they have little interest in just to gain notoriety and bring in the cash as well. This is often the price an artist has to pay before they are established in their venue of choice. 
If you are someone who has a talent, you may want to start looking for ways to make money from that talent. Even if it is a weekend gig just doing kids' birthday parties as a juggling cowboy or singing with a Beatles cover band, it will allow you to make some money doing what you are good at and potentially open some doors for you to expand off of that talent. No matter what it is you ultimately want to do with your life, letting your artistic skills find ways to make money for you cannot hurt. You never know how far your talent may take you these days, as the avenues to exposure on a grand scale are more plentiful than they used to be. From YouTube to American Idol, there are many roads to success these days. The best thing you can do is try your hand at as many paths as possible and see where it leads. If it never works out for you, so be it. You can return to your boring 9 to 5 day job and keep singing on the weekends. Chapter 3 How to Make Money from Your Crafts and Art If you are someone who enjoys putting together artistic projects, you can turn this into an opportunity to make extra money online. Whether you paint, make jewelry, take photographs, or craft other pieces of artwork together, you can turn this into a money-making activity. People are often willing to pay for different artworks which they enjoy, and as long as your works actually have artistic merit, you will have a good chance at making money from them. There are a few different websites available which can help you sell crafts and other pieces of art that you may have put together. By running searches and looking through some of the listings offered, you may be able to determine which website your pieces will fit into best. Taking the time to do your research will help you make extra money online as you will know the best places to put your talents without wasting your time. Should you start to make extra money online through your art projects, you will only be inspired to spend more time working on them. This will serve two purposes in your life. Not only will you be bringing in some extra cash, which always helps, but you will also be able to spend time doing something that you genuinely love. This goal, which started out simply as a way to make extra money online, will turn into a great chance for you to develop your talents and skills and grow as an artist. It is definitely an opportunity which should be explored by anyone who is serious about developing their talents. Chapter 4 The Right Way to Use YouTube to Promote You When we think of social media, YouTube is not really at the top of the list in the mind of an entrepreneur. It is less about social interaction and more of a good place to go for some distraction. This might be the case, but that doesn't mean it cannot be an integral part of marketing your brand online as an entertainer. What makes YouTube a social site is how easy it is for users to share the content with other people, as well as the ability to leave comments and subscribe to the channels they like. It is another way for a brand to reach its target audience online and grow its reputation as an industry leader. YouTube has the lowest average bounce rate of all the social networks. It is the continuous engagement from users that make it a channel that holds onto attention better than most. People are able to simply watch content instead of scroll and read. Another thing to consider is just how enormous YouTube's reach is. Over 1 billion unique visitors. That is a huge market that is largely untapped by so many businesses today. YouTube is a great channel for brands of all sizes in the entertainment world. Even for bloggers who are eager to grow their readership and build up their personal brand can take advantage of the simple platform by uploading videos. 
So, as a brand, what should you be doing to get the most of all that YouTube can offer? First, fill out your profile completely. It is the same on every social network. You don't want to leave holes. Make sure that you are giving as much information about yourself as possible. Visitors want to see your info when they click on your profile, so don't leave them disappointed. Then, give your channel a good description. The channel description is like an introduction letter. It lets people know who you are and what they can expect when they watch your videos. This doesn't have to be a great work of literature, simply a brief statement about who you are, what types of videos you will be posting, and how often. Be sure to use your keywords in your description to make your channel easier to find through a user search. Be sure to include links. On your About page, it is always a good idea to include the links to your other social sites, like Twitter and Facebook, plus a direct link to your website or blog. This is a good way to get more people engaging with your brand outside of YouTube and build your fan base. Give your page some love. You can personalize your channel art in YouTube by adding a profile picture. Make sure that it is something reflective of your brand by using your logo, colors, and even your own picture. Stay active. You don't want people visiting your page and only finding a few videos that you posted at the dawn of time. Always create new videos to post to your channel. Interact with your followers by responding to any comments that they leave. Send out a thank you when they subscribe. You can see anything being discussed on your channel under the Discussion tab. The more active you are with your channel, the bigger your audience is going to get. It is also a good idea to embed your videos into blog posts, status updates on social media, or on your website. This is a good way for you to add channel subscribers from those who are already following you elsewhere. YouTube is a key part of any marketing strategy. Are you using it for your brand? Hey, hey, hey! This is Yolanda, Dolly, and TV Entertainment, AM. FM. Hey, I just wanted to give you a quick update uh, what's going on. I know that you all have been waiting patiently for these amazing special guest interviews. And I want to give it to you. But um, I definitely want you to hear these amazing special guest interviews with Jimmy Keys. You know, Jimmy Liar mm. Keys and Tiffany St. Renee and uh, Charles D. Clark from Empire and and Volkov and and many many more that are just coming in and that are up and coming um, and they are coming I'm going to be posting them um, in you know a short amount of time but uh, it does take a lot it, it, it can be expensive I'm just gonna say it's, it can be expensive and um, always looking for monthly your monthly support really matters it's really appreciated um, you know, anything, 99 cents a month, you know, two, you know, four ninety nine, nine dollars and 99 cents, you know, uh, your monthly support really does matter. It helps the, the podcast to grow. It helps me to be more consistent in, uh, commercially producing these interviews where you can clearly hear the sound quality and it's, it's, it's perfected to where you can hear them, um, 
as as well as possible, just like you're probably hearing me now. Um, you're you're you the listeners are what really matters, and uh, I want to make sure that every interview, everything that comes through radio and TV, entertainment, AMFM podcast show, uh, is every bit worth the amount of time that you take listening in, and you're get you're getting qual- quality content. And you're getting a lot of the uh, insightful, um, you're, you're just getting a lot of the insightful conversations that have the experience of a lot of the experienced entertainment industry professionals out there that I have on the on, that I have on the show, and and it matters. It matters to me. It matters to me because I because my listeners matter to me, and. I, this is Yolanda just talking, and, 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 you know, I always want to give God the glory because wh- whoever comes on the podcast show, and I have an interview with them, they really do care about what you're getting from them. Uh, they've lived it. They have gone through many, many stages in their lives, too. Um, I actually have personal contact with them, and, you know... I see, you know, I hear and talk to them sometimes, and, and they give me stories, and I'm like, why? Why didn't you just say it in the podcast when we were there? They go, well, I didn't have enough time, and, you know, and but they want to give you so much of their time because they care about, um, you know, the artists, the, the up-and-coming music artists, the up-and-coming actress, the up-and-coming, you know, TV host, um, that, and they want to give you the best way to really increase your successes, and even the, even the listeners out there that, that just want to listen in on getting the latest scoop of what's going on in their daily lives or in the industry itself. And, um, you know, I'm known as the Entertainment Connector. Um, you know, a part of this podcast is a part of, you know, my company. Uh, you know, our company is a, a limited liability company. It is a, uh entertainment multi, multimedia company. And uh, we produce movies and we produce... Um, you know, we write screenplays and we, you know, we produce commercial content. We produce music videos. We produce music. We do PR, public relations, uh, anything and everything above. <laughs> so that has to do with the entertainment industry as well. And, um, you know, and, and the people that come on the, the podcast show are part of our network. Um, and they really want to give a lot of their time to really have you to have, have that knowledge and and even and some of them even strategies like Bruce Naheen. He's been in the entertainment industry since it became the entertainment industry from Hollywood. And his interview was just uh, you know, like all the other interviews have always been amazing and he always gives quality strategies and quality uh, mentor mentorship from what he's talking about. It's good to listen in. Um even I learn a, a lot from my my special guests, um, but I want to make sure that when I as soon as I post it onto this platform, that it's quality and you can hear me, you can hear my special guests, and you're getting a lot of the needed content and information that is worth listening to, and your monthly support matters because it helps to you know and I. I'm like a broken record, but it helps. It does help the quality of quality of the content, and so I just wanted to, you know, just take the time out and let you know that, you know, um, I I don't want to lose uh, 
you know, uh, your your quality and your respect for what comes on to this podcast platform. It matters. It does matter. So, this is from your host, Yolanda Nolly, from Radio and TV Entertainment, AMFM Podcast Show. This has been Yolanda Nolly speaking to you. Out.